Welcome everyone to the We Believe podcast, a ministry of Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, this is our now our second uh, podcast recording, which means, uh, Mark, we made it through the first one alive. Praise God. In this episode, we talk about the topic of salvation. We first like to talk about the fall of man, what happened in the garden, and what's the condition of man. The next thing that we'll talk about is the promise of God. What was his plan to deal with the sin of mankind? And then from there, we're going to talk about the fulfillment, Calvary and what was done on the cross, the atonement for our sin, resurrection. And then from there, we're going to talk about the final judgment. Why do we need to be saved? So let's get right to it. If you read your Bible, it doesn't take long. In fact, Genesis chapter 3, you get right into it. Uh, man sinned and sin enters into the world. God gives Adam and Eve this uh, big, beautiful garden and tells them that they can take of any tree of the, uh, of the garden for food except for one tree. We know that is the tree of the uh, knowledge of good and evil. And uh, Satan, in the form of a serpent, convinces Eve to partake of this tree. She gives this food to Adam as well, and because of this, sin enters into the world. In Romans 5.12 it states, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now because of this sin, there has to be a death paid for that sin, and we're going to talk about that going forward. So either we can pay that death, or as we'll learn, there's somebody, uh, Jesus Christ, that can pay that sin debt for us. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Brother Mark. I mean, you hit it on the head. It, it didn't take very long after creation before a man messed up. And because of that sin, that separates us from God. So God in his infinite intelligence already had a plan put in place from the very beginning. And the beautiful thing about the Bible from cover to cover, is really God's story of his redemption of man back to him. Right there in Genesis 3, in verse 15, actually, he says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And of course, we know he's talking to Satan, and he's referencing uh, the promise that's coming, which is Jesus Christ. He's talking about Calvary, where Christ will be bruised for us. And eventually he will defeat death and Satan altogether. Absolutely. Thank God for that. As you read your Bible, uh, the Bible is very foretelling about what's to come. Uh, if you read throughout the Old Testament, the people would take typically a spotless or perfect lamb or bullock uh, from their flock, and then they would use this to make sacrifice for their sins. And what's important about this is the shedding of blood was what was necessary for the remission of sins. Going forward, we talk about the fulfillment of uh, Calvary. We often refer to Jesus Christ as a lamb. He was the perfect spotless lamb. He was without sin. He loved us so much that he ended up dying on the cross for us. His blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to take a step back just, just for a second here, and, and because we talked about the very beginnings of, of man and, and how sin entered the world, and you've probably got 4,000 years between Genesis and the cross. 
And so throughout Scripture, you mentioned uh, the foretelling of Jesus' coming. And so I just I wanted to bring at least one area of Scripture out, Isaiah chapter 53. And, and starting in verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And so really, just amazing how the congruity of Scripture and how it's so fluid. Back in Genesis that he's talking about bruising his heel, and here we are in Isaiah now, and the prophets, and he's, he's talking about how he was bruised for our iniquities. The way that Scripture flows and complements itself in the foretelling of Jesus Christ is, is truly an amazing thing. So just to kind of backtrack a little bit, we talked about sin and what it is. So sin is, is basically anything that displeases God. Uh, because of that sin, it separates us from God. And uh, we need something to, to be able to be connected with God. So we have that salvation. It, it just amazes me that, that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a beautiful promise. It says, By believing in him and what he did on the cross for us, we can have everlasting life. The opposite of that would be to be separated from God for eternity. We often refer to that as hell. When you have everlasting life, that's heaven. When you accept Jesus Christ and his promise, you're going to spend an eternity with your Savior. And I don't think there's a more beautiful promise in the Bible. Um, he's going to be there. God's going to be there. We're going to see them face to face. We're going to be able to walk with them and uh, be with other ones that have accepted Christ as their personal Savior as well. It's indescribable, right? I mean, the descriptions of heaven in the Bible, it just makes you want to know and, and, and see more. And, and it's going to even be more than that. Because I think that, that God could only give us as much description as we could handle, honestly, um, of how amazing heaven's going to be. And none of that is possible, like you said, without the fulfillment of that promise, Jesus Christ dying on the cross. But isn't it amazing that in three days later, after he was crucified and he was buried, he rose again. He defeated death. And because he defeated death and he rose again under his power, see, because he was God in the flesh, that's what gave him the power to do that. And so all power is given to him. In Acts chapter 2, um, I think Acts is such an amazing book. Uh, there's so much uh, power, and the Holy Spirit is so evident in that book. In Acts chapter 2, and you have Peter preaching, and obviously there's a, a pretty well-known section of Scripture that's, that's we call Pentecost, you know, where 3,000 people get saved. But these people are from all different walks of life. They are from uh, different backgrounds. They speak different languages. But as he's preaching, and they're hearing it in their own language, and many of these people probably, uh, Brother Mark, were either there or a part of or partook of, of Jesus Christ being crucified. And now, as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit is really convicting these people, and they're understanding that God gave him power 
that same Jesus, this is the one that you crucified, that, that you put on the cross. He defeated death. He rose again. The evidence of his resurrection is there. These people are witnesses to the resurrection because they've seen him afterwards. And so how do you explain that? Well, you can't explain it with, you know, in earthly ways, right? But it, it starts to click as the Holy Spirit's convicting them in their hearts that this man is the one and true Savior. Now you have this massive spreading of Christianity out of Jerusalem. These are Jews. Uh, so you just think about the implications of, of being back in that time and how amazing that story is. And I like how God really lays this out in, in Hebrews in chapter 10. And in verse 10, he says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And in verse 12, it says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You mentioned that before, you know, where Jesus is right now in heaven. And in verse 14, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. That continual theme, it's one sacrifice forever for all people. That, that brought something to mind. Um, I mean, to give up the throne in heaven and come down here and bear a fleshly body and go through the, the temptations that we face and still remain sinless up to Calvary and to die on the cross for our sins, it's just, it's just an amazing thing. I, I think about it daily. And I get excited about it. And I love telling people about it. That's, that's what we're doing here today. Telling you that somebody loved you so much that they were willing to come from heaven and die on the cross for you. And, and there is a need. Uh, we learned back in the very beginning in Genesis 3 that sin entered into the world. Well, with that sin, we can't get into heaven. There's nothing that we can do. We have to put our faith wholly in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. The simplicity of salvation is just that, that it's belief and trust, putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what he already did, and that's it. There's nothing more to be added to it, nothing to be taken away from it. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. It's a free gift. And the reality is, the simplicity of salvation sometimes falls down on, on deaf ears because our brains want to complicate things, and, and we want to say that, well, my understanding of the world is, is that if I have this input, then there's this output, right? It's, it's a cause and effect relationship. But that's so contrary to what Jesus Christ has done because he's come down, lived a sinless, perfect life, paid the only price that could have been paid, which was death on the cross and the shedding of his blood. And our part in all of this is simply to believe and accept the gift that he already paid for. I want to point out the word grace in that verse that you read. Grace, uh, simply put, is God giving us something that we truly don't deserve. Do we truly deserve to go to heaven? Well, because of our sin, no, we don't. But because of his love, it says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. So when you believe with God's grace, you are saved. And it's that simple. Another verse that I'd like to read, Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Mercy is when God withholds something from us that we do deserve. We deserve hell, 
But again, to go back to Calvary, he died on the cross for our sins. For God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son. So, Brother Mark, I think uh, that's, this leads us into the final part of this podcast, which is the final judgment. Jesus is coming again. Uh, God makes it very clear. We don't know when it's going to be. No man does. Only God knows that time. So, with all the information that we've gone over, the fall, you know, the faithful promise, the fulfillment of Christ on the cross, and now the final judgment, what does that mean for every person? So, for our listeners here and and really for, for everyone in this, the entire world, it's what are we going to do with the information that we've heard? The Word of God is powerful, and it always causes a move to some sort of action. I got saved when I was uh, 18 years old. You know, I had gone to church when I was younger as a kid, but I couldn't tell you anything I'd really heard. I'd heard sermons and different things, but I'd never been presented the gospel in this simple way, Mark. I'd I'd never had somebody sit down, and I just want to share a few verses that somebody shared with me that really laid out salvation and made it plain. For anyone who may have questions uh, about salvation, maybe just even wanting to have some assurance, and and they're all in Romans, and the first one's Romans 3.23, and it's, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us are born into sin because of what happened in the very beginning. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Again, because of sin, that brings death into the world. And we're, just, we're not just talking about physical death, we're talking about spiritual death. But the second part of that verse, Brother Mark, I love it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so what's the call to action from that now? Well, 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Mark, is it that simple? It really is that simple. When you believe what you have heard today, about what Jesus Christ did on the cross, like you said, nothing we can do can save us. There has to be a death paid for that sin. We could either choose to pay that ourselves, and the consequence of that is an eternity in hell separated from God. The other option is to believe with our hearts and make a confession with our mouths to God that we are sinners and accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So kind of as we wrap this up, a couple final thoughts. Matthew twenty-five forty-six. This verse it just really stuck out to me as I was studying through this. We said there's a final judgment, and what's going to happen, friends, is someday you're going to leave this earth. At that judgment time, one of two things is going to happen. God is going to look at you, and He's going to see either your sin, and think about every sin and every wrong thing you've done in your entire life, and you're going to be held accountable for that, or He's going to see the blood of Jesus Christ covering those sins. And Matthew 25, 46 really wraps it up and says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So friends, what's life eternal? It's eternity in a place called heaven with Jesus Christ and all the other saints that have gone before that have made that same decision. Uh, Recently, uh, not too long ago, at the end of last year, uh, my grandpa passed away, and I just remember especially towards the latter years of his life, how much love he had for the Lord and just the peace and knowing that one day he was going to be with him in heaven forever. And also just that peace that it gave my grandma when we buried him that 
she's going to see my grandpa again someday and we're all going to see him again someday. Even recent times that we've had in, in 2020 and, and just some, all these unknowns. Well, there's a faithful person who's standing at the right hand of the Father interceding for us each and every day. And when you accept him as your savior, you're brought into that family and that can never be taken away from you. So we hope today that that we have made it very clear as to what salvation is and the need for it. Uh, There's going to be a link in the description. If you have any questions, that'll take you over to our website. Feel free to reach out to us in any way. We'd love to be a blessing and help you in any way, any questions you might have. And ultimately, we hope that you can have assurance that when you die, that you know without a doubt that you will go to heaven. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this podcast would be a blessing to you. Please reach out via our website or via our phone number. Until next time, so long.